L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. De Junior. Por aquí no. Get that weak stuff out of here, como diría el señor Cavalier. Broadcasting live. Yes. From Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse on the sunny shores of beautiful Lake Erie. Out front, Dotson. Long three. Oh, it rattled in and out. Rebound. Allen hammered it home and he got fouled. Boy, Jared Allen playing with some passion down in that low block. In downtown Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland! Hello, Cleveland! You've tuned in to Wine and Gold Radio. Mitchell again. Shoots. Good! Cavaliers lead. No timeouts. On Rob. Ball knocked away. Game's over. Cavaliers have won it in four overtime. Now, you're your host, Rafa J. Bike. And Joe G. You see that sign? No shirt, no shoes, no dives. <laughs> right. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode six. Wine and Gold Radio. Of Wine and Gold Radio. Here I'm joined by Rafa Hernandez Brito. Yes. And Juan Miguel, John Michael. John, uh,. Jared Allen is on the West Coast, so I got to tell you right now: if the computer goes on the Fritz, he's not. We're not sending him over. He's not coming. He's not coming by. Big, big trouble. Big trouble for that. Joining so, via Zoom has its pitfalls. Yes. I figured out. Go but ahead. we are almost getting the commitment from Jared Allen to do a show from your house, so he can actually work on all your technological needs. Yeah, yeah. We, we are right now in in in, in, in uh, negotiation. We're in talks right now. To have Jared come right to your house and broadcast and actually do the show from your house. So, well, give me a heads up. We'll have to expand the ceilings <laughs> in the important rooms, like where I am right now. So, just got long get a heads up, we're good to go. What do you got planned for today, man? Guys, on today's show, our special guest is going to be Scott Cirilla, the voice of the Canton Charge. The Canton Charge is getting started this this week down from in the, the bubble. bubble. Yeah, yeah, from the bubble down in Orlando. Uh, Fifteen games and twelve games this year will be on. Will be televised on Fox Sports and uh, including Sunday's game. It's kind of a doubleheader. 
You know, I never, I never been able to ask this question to anybody who was in the bubble. But do you get to go on the on the Disney rides when you're down there? I don't know. I don't know what exactly you are I allowed not, to right? do. Because they're on protocol. I mean, are they, I don't know. Are there people down there? Are there like little kids jumping around in the pool and stuff? Or it's it open. The park NBA, is open. definitely not in the NBA. I mean, those the, the guys now can't even leave their rooms. Yes, basically yeah. can't leave the hotel. Yeah, so I don't even think they can go into the pool. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Leave the compound or leave the hotel facilities yeah. i don't know but i don't know what rules apply to the nba g league my guess however would They're be same, that they yeah. are similar if yeah, not i don't want to be there anymore then yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> our guys will the cavaliers uh, will be under some strict protocols as well i believe in california where they close up the road trip sunday and monday back to back and a tough one i mean it's been the whole road trip's been tough and it doesn't get any easier uh, on sunday and monday they're staying in downtown for the first time yeah Cobra told us in the last episode in a while in LA, yeah, and then in not not um, when they go to San Francisco, obviously it's still hit hard and the protocols are a lot stronger than they are here in Ohio now. Yeah, so uh, it is what it is. I'm sure it's nothing new to them. It's, uh, they got, it's different in every city, and they just gotta add another thing that they have to deal with when they when they go to a different town. Yeah, nothing about this road trip has been easy, and again, it's it's it doesn't get any easier Sunday and Monday. A Clippers team that beat the Cavs a couple weeks ago. And then the Cavs' first visit to the Chase Center in San Francisco. San Francisco, mate. Yeah. I, uh, why can't area. I get that right? Is it, is it the Chase Center or Chase Arena? Chase why can't Center. I get that? Chase Center, and Chase we Center. still have not been there. Okay. Yeah, state of the art, so I can't wait to see that. Uh, we'll have to see it on TV, unfortunately, as the Cavs close out the road trip and then uh, finally come home, take on the Spurs on Wednesday night. We'll take a look ahead, but first we're going to talk with Z-Man, Scott Zarilla, the voice of the charge. We're going to talk a little G-League basketball and talk a little, again, Scott. Movies? Movies, because he is a movie star. He's a paid movie. <laughs> they, he is. Was Hollywood he pays. Was he a Moonstruck? No, he was not a Moonstruck, dude. <laughs> he was not a Moonstruck, but he is a paid movie star, and we'll hear all about that. That was, that was Mask you're thinking yeah. of. Mask. <laughs> you guys are both wrong, but we'll clear it up with Z-Man. When we come back on segment two of Wine and Gold Radio, we'll be right back. Wine and Gold Radio. <laughs> Three, two, one. Hi, this is Mr. Cavalier Austin Carr, and I never listen to Wine and Gold Radio. <laughs> There's more of this. Oh, my. Come on, man. After this. On Wine and Gold Radio. The Calf City Collection is now available online at calf.com slash shop. Rep the land with jerseys, hats, tees, and more inspired by the Calf City Edition uniforms. Love running the lane. Left side dance. Pow! With two hands. The Cavaliers, in a partnership with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, introduced the team City Edition uniform, featuring a design and style that reflects the grit, attitude, and spirit of Cleveland's rock and roll roots. See the whole collection at calf.com slash shop. Stop it, Marty. Stop it. Stop it. You're a Who fan? I guess you are. I'm not even allowed to ask. Don't interrupt Jim when he's listening to Pete Townsend and the crew. 66-57. What a tune, man. That's You know what? That's got to be one of the top 20 greatest tunes ever. The groove in there is heavy, brother. It's like jazz. I know when you're yeah, using let it words roll. like let it roll. You're using words like heavy and brother. I know. 
<laughs> I know you're loving this, too. It's a groove, baby. It's a groove. Hi, this is Kevin Love, and I never listen to Wine and Gold Radio. Now, back to Wine and Gold Radio. To Sheldon Mack, hesitates, right elbow, underhand scoop! He put it on the rim, and it counts to beat the buzzer! Hey everybody, and welcome back to Wine and Gold Radio, episode Wine and Gold Radio. What's this week's genre? Do we get? Any, do we have a genre this week? I don't know what I don't know what our guest is. Uh, genre yeah. wise, I'm going to say classic rock. I'm going to say he's a kind of, really? he's kind of a classic rock. He's a big Kiss fan. He's a classic rocker. That's what I'm going to go with. Anyway, we'd love to welcome our special guest, voice of the Canton Charge, and major motion picture, major motion picture, major motion picture <laughs> star. We'll get to that in a minute. Scott Zarilla, voice of the Canton Charge. Welcome aboard, Z Man. Gentlemen, I am honored and thrilled. To be on your podcast. I mean that in sincerity. Although, my big problem is, how did you have Len Kamarowski on before me? I love Len. <laughs> he runs the show, but all he does is host a live stream once a month. Come on. I'm he's always on one of the teams. I got to get a little airtime before Len. He's El Jefe. Well, let's get to that part. You know, he brought in the, the different genre on our, on our jingle. It used to be one and go radio. And then after Len was on the show, he became Wine and Go Radio. Wait, we went with the polka. Wine and Go Radio. <laughs> what, what's your genre, uh, Zeman? You know, I kind of cover a lot of different types of music. You know, I grew up in the 80s. That was my sweet spot. I love R&B. I mean, Joe, Joe Gabriel knows this. If I had one artist to listen to for the rest of my life, it's Prince. Wall-to-wall Prince. But I mean, Cool in the Gang, Daz Band, Roger and Zap, Rick James, um, you know, Michael Jackson. Hall, I loved all Hall, Hall and Oates? Sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Almost anything in the 80s. Men, My at, God. men at work? Men I'm at sorry? Work? Men at work? You can't be talking men at work okay. in the same sentence. Okay. I didn't like Prince. them all. But, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I'll, say, I'll tell you much. what. With another Super Bowl in the books, we can still say Prince has still the best Super Bowl halftime of all time. By Would, far. Can you There's it? no doubt. Yeah. yeah. With all of the talk the other day, a week or so ago, with um, who is it, The weekend, whatever his name yeah. is, I watched that, and I desperately tried <laughs> to have an open mind because I don't know him and I don't know his music. But I, I will give you a chance to entertain me. I was not – forget the fact that I don't know his music. <laughs> I was not entertained. It's like Maximus and Gladiator. Are you not entertained? I was not entertained. <laughs> Prince entertained me. Michael Jackson entertained me. Bruno Mars. They can sing and they can dance. This guy was lost in a, in a maze of lights. I was not entertained. I have to so, tell you that, though. I understand with you. Most of this time in the halftime show, there's like a story behind it. And I know there was a story behind his, but... Maybe we would have helped if he had told us the story before he went on the stage. But you have to give it to him in this era of the pandemic. That is the most people wearing a mask at the same time in Florida <laughs> since the pandemic started. <laughs> that is accurate. That is true. That is true. You can't argue that. Am I the only one that thought they looked like male athletic supporters a little bit? Well, yes, no, they did. You know, they did. there was a I'm story. The only one? Okay, I'm the only one. He showed up at the MTV Music Awards with that on. Okay, so that 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 was part of the story of his act that Sunday I, about how okay. I didn't know the story. How the man. world looked at him, and then he be, then he showed up to another event with bruises in his face, 
like apparent and an, an apparent plastic surgery that it wasn't. But and there, there's a song that he sings that uh, "Blinded by the Light," I think it is that he does. Uh, he did a cover know. of "Blinded by the Light," ah. whatever. So he did a cover of that, and that's why he, the stories kind of make sense once you read it, and uh, then it, maybe you go watch the well, halftime show again. There you go. Well, what what is the story? What is the, <laughs> the story is about how Hollywood changes how Hollywood changes people. That's when he is inside the the cage, the mirrors. He's like looking for himself because Hollywood changes people when they get to the to the superstars and the lights get blind. They get blinded by the lights. And again, if you, I'll I'll find the link and post it with the with this episode so everybody can understand. And then you go watch it again and maybe it makes sense. Well, that I agree with you. Then that even that sets the tone. That sets the stage a little bit better for yeah. what we were going to see. Uh, right. In a vacuum, it was it was a touch confusing, but I, I I'm with you. Yeah, but it's kind of like when two, you throw Katy Perry going in I got in two there. things out of it. Uh-huh. I got two things out of it. A, like I said, the jock straps on the head took me back to eighth grade basketball, <laughs> junior high school in Euclid. Number two, him running through all those mirrors reminded me of Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon at the end. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Let's. You know what? I got to get this show back on the rails. This, this is a I, this is a basketball show, so I want to get right to it with Z-Man. As long as we have him here, Z-Man, King Kong versus Godzilla. I've been seeing the trailers. Who wins? Godzilla. He's king of the monsters. He's got the atomic breath. He just he just does. How old are you guys? How old are you guys? This is not even a contest. The, the other day there was a there was a there was a tweet by one of the media members. His name is Spencer Davis. No, no, it's not Spencer Davis. What's the name of the guy that does lock on calves? Uh, Evan Evan uh, Dameral. Evan Dameral. Evan Dam- I'm yeah, sorry yeah. if I miss. He was talking about what was the favorite Pokemon. <laughs> I was like, dude, how old are you? Like Godzilla? Well, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. We had hey, we got Z-Man on the show, and again, he's he's in major, major motion pictures. He's a, that is not he's a, a major movie motion. star. That that is a major motion picture. No, Z-Man's an expert on this, so I had to get that out of him. I had to get that out. Of Godzilla. Him. I guess I grew up. I, during the, I grew up during the war back home, so I didn't really have a childhood. I don't know. I don't know what you guys were. What you were doing when you? Well, you Rafa, were, Rafa, I have a ballpark idea how old you are. And I'm, you're not that much younger than Joe and I. No, so I'm not. Godzilla was, you know, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers from the 30s. But I guess I was doing other things when you guys were watching Godzilla. <laughs> and and, and who's the other guy? King Kong. And King Kong. You never heard of King Kong? Who is the other guy? <laughs> King Kong? I know him from the, the Empire State <laughs> Building. That's it. He wanted to be a New Yorker. But, like, I, I don't know. I, I was never a cartoon or... or uh, fiction type of superheroes guy, type of and monsters no, and all played, that stuff. I played soccer and basketball and baseball when I was growing up. I didn't really. We we did all that too. And still found time for. King Not if Kong. you're talking about we Godzilla. We still found time for Godzilla and <laughs> God, monsters, dinosaurs, superheroes. Come Wait on, a minute, man. but the most important thing now that we're gonna we we got Scott here. He's the voice of the charge. Who amazingly, I I understand Scott that the the season was kind of like a volunteer. You didn't. It was have an opt-in, yeah. Right? It was an opt-in way, and and obviously our organization chose to go, and they're playing in Orlando. Can you tell us a little bit right. about? You are not in the bubble, right? Correct. I'm home. And what's this, what's the, the story uh, with the season? <laughs> what's that? What's the story with the season for the G League now? Well, it was interesting because, as you guys are well aware, it took a while for things to kind of get some footing. I don't know if they were trying to determine if they should have the season. 
And if they were to have the season, how were they going to pull it off? Because the early conversations were possibly doing a bubble in Las Vegas than possibly in Atlanta. But I think it made sense as it turned out to just go right back where the NBA was because it worked so successfully. You know, 15 games in 25 days, 135 uh, days and games total. But it does. It says a lot to Dan Gilbert and Kobe Altman and Mike Gansey and Brendan Yu, guys that realize the importance of the development of players. And while we're on that, the perfect example to me is every night I watch the Cavs and Lamar Stevens comes in and just plays so well. I'm like, man, he's supposed to be with us and can't win in games. But that's what it's all about. People ask me so many times about where did Pascal Siakam, who's this guy, or who's that player, uh, um, uh, Devin uh, Robinson, I keep wanting to say Devin Robinson, um, Miami, the sharpshooter with, with – um, Duncan, Duncan Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. Duncan Robinson. Guys, like, where do these guys come from? Well, Duncan Robinson, I remember, put about 27 on the charge in Las Vegas one year. And pa- Pascal Siakam, you know, tore us apart. These guys were playing in the G League, and they were bouncing back and forth. They would play 36 minutes in the G League. They'd only play 10 or 12 in the NBA, but they played them in major opportunity times to where it became second nature for them. And it has shown with a lot of growth. I think 45 or 47% of the NBA right now consists of guys that have NBA G League experience. Actually, it's, 50, it's, 50, it's 52%. That's the actual number. It's 52%. Okay, 52%. Yeah. I mean, it, keeps, it keeps growing. Exactly. Yeah. I have a question for you, Scotty. I mean, you bring, yeah. up, you bring up an interesting point, and, you know, Tony Brown deals with this too in the American Hockey League, but the nature of the beast in the NBA G League is that when a player becomes so good – He's gone, you know, and, and for a fan, that's, you know, fans that live in minor league cities, they deal with this on a regular basis. And for those of us who are from major league cities, that's a hard concept to, to grasp. That that stings. That hurts a little bit in, in terms of the Canton fan base, in terms of you as a play-by-play broadcaster. I mean, in your role, I know that you can see them go on to the NBA and feel really good about that because you feel really good about the player. But in terms of rooting for that team, how does that dynamic work in terms of your relationship with that Canton fan base? It's John, it's a great question. And it's so tough because I've had to deal with it for 10 seasons. You get to know the guys and you get a little connection with them. Like you guys have with the Cavaliers. I did for years with the Cavaliers and you know, they come back for the most part, they're probably coming back, et cetera. And there's that connection to them. You have that in a very short way in the G League, but you know that the better they play and the better the team is, the more likely they're going to be gone. And that's very hard because I tell people all the time, the bottom line to me is when I'm in Canton and I'm calling the games, I want to win too. You guys are all announcers as well. Calling winning games is far better than losing games. So – I want it for that perspective as well. I, you know, I want to win, but I also, at the same time, I, I like these guys and I want them to succeed and I want them to find success in the NBA. So it's a very difficult thing to kind of balance. And I've just, over the years, I've just learned that that's what the, that's what the animal is and you just deal with it. But it, it is tough. And for fans, fans can't connect. Well, they do connect, but the connection gets broken very quickly. And then I have fans coming up to me saying, you know, this, that, the other. And I'm like, it's, it, 
There's nothing you can do about it. It is what it is. Get to know the guys the best you can. Root for them to win and just hope that you can get a championship before, before they get shipped out because that's what happens. Yeah, and, it, and in the same light, it's fun. I mean, you root for the team. I mean, this is the true, you know, when you're rooting for the team, that's what you're doing. And Yeah, the players are going to change or whatever, but this is an entertaining brand of basketball. I mean, the NBA G League has some fantastic players, some fantastic teams. It's, it's a thrill to watch. And to me, that's the that's the beauty of the NBA G League. That yeah, you know, players change it, but we get to go into our own you know into our own building during normal times and enjoy this great brand of basketball for our own city. And I think we've finally seen the benefit or or the cool thing about the G League. It's kind of I look I look at it kind of like a minor league baseball. You know, like people at here, for example, with the captains, the the Lake Erie captains, they. I mean, they saw Francisco Lindor when he was in single A. I mean, they see these stars that come in, and you can actually, years later, now it's happening in the NBA, yeah. where you see uh, Pascal Siakam winning the, the most improved player, or Fred Van Bleet becoming the first undrafted player to score over 50 points in a game. And you you saw them when they were actually putting in the work. So I think that's yeah. kind of that's kind of great for the for the local team. It's really cool. And I, and I wouldn't ask you, man, you, you mentioned liking these guys and knowing these guys. This year it's a little uh, – it's very much different because of the bubble. How different has it been for you? Again, you're when you travel, you travel obviously much different than we do. You're on the bus with these guys. You're stopping at McDonald's in the middle of the night with these guys. How, how have the relationships changed? I know it has for us. Without being able to talk to these guys one-on-one, my job has changed dramatically. How has it changed for you, Z-Man? Well, to me, the job does not change. Only the names change. And again, specifically, John and Rafa can speak to this. When you sit down, put your headset on, and you get cued to go, the, the, the game is the same. It's just the names are different. So in that respect, it has not changed. But for this year, I had a chance to sit down a couple of days, well, actually about a week before the start of the season, and I did a quick Zoom call like we all have to do these days uh, for some features that we run at halftime. And the guys that came back from last year – it was, hey, man, how you doing? And it's nice and relaxed and it's cool. And you just kind of pick up and go and do what you have to do. For the newcomers, what I did was I tried to make it a more get-to-know, um, more personal, just to have some fun to loosen them up, to let them know that I'm not somebody they have to worry about. But I've had, I got the chance to get to know just a few little bit, like we all do, especially in the G League. You know, I have to go and learn about these players by watching either other games or watching um, YouTube highlight videos and things like that. <laughs> you just do. Yeah. So I get to learn the players a little bit that way. And personality wise, I don't get to because I'm not traveling. And I do miss that because I've got, you know, like all of us, we all have great stories. And um, so I miss that part of it. But in terms of actually doing my X and O job, it does not change once say seven o'clock rolls around uh, at seven Oh two, they tip it up like in every other arena. And I just say what I see. How are the guy? How are G League guys different? Again, you're you're on the road. Not this year. You're on mostly. You're on the road with them. They have a different perspective. Uh, you've you've hung around. You know, you've been doing this a long time. You've hung around a ton of NBA players. Now you've been with G League players. How are they different? I think they're pretty much the same. And I, I tell people this all the time too. That you know, actors and actresses, musicians, athletes, bankers, lawyers, we're all people. You get to know them when you meet people at a bar or at a club or your friends introduce you to someone and you find out what they do 
you know, you get to like them or you don't like them. They're, we're just people. We have things in common, things that you don't. I think it's pretty much the same with guys in the G League because in the G League, we all know that we're one step from where we really want to be. We're all appreciative of where we are. We love what we do. We're all striving to get to that next step. And so there's the sense of camaraderie, I think, that's a little bit different. And the bus rides for for us are a little different from you. You guys are busing from the airport to the <laughs> hotel. Me, I'm busing to Grand Rapids for four and a half hours. I'm busing five hours up to Toronto. You know, I'm busing to, to Fort Wayne or, you know, and we fly. There's certainly some flights and you sit in the, in the um, terminals and you have your conversations uh, the one quick story a few years back, um, all the players on the flight, I don't know where we were going, but, you know, they're all 6'8", 6'4", 6'6", 7", and they take a lot of space up on the seats. And Ja'Cory Williams measured in at about 6'10". And he and I were sitting next to each other, and he was just this, like a giant spider. He's all over the place. <laughs> and it's just common courtesy. I said, let me move over there, and you can have the whole row to yourself. <laughs> to be his buddy i do it because it's just the right thing to do but when you're with your friends you you appreciate one another and that does that does get you a little closer so we there is a little bit of a more tightness closeness to being together in the g league you know what i'm saying and like i said we're all kind of we know we're not at the top we know we're one step below and knowing that we all kind of band together and then, hey, I know guys hang out together, but yeah, I don't know about you guys. I don't know how much you guys go out to dinner when you're on the road well, with players. I go to dinner. I go to lunch. I go to breakfast. I do. I practice with the charge. Right. I bring sweats and everything, and I'm actually out on the floor doing drills. I think the players appreciate that. So I do get a little bit more of, of, a, of a, like I said, that closeness, which is fun. It's not important. It doesn't change my job. But it is nice because it, it, that camaraderie is always fun to have. In the NBA, if you're sitting in a row that Jones won, you just get the look and then you <laughs> have to move. <laughs> Rafa, I've, I've traveled with the Cavs before. I've been on the road before. And I almost missed the bus in New Jersey after a playoff game. And I'm running up the ramp from the, because the bus was pulling out. And I'm trying to remember who the player was, but he – he started yelling to the bus driver. He goes, hey, man, that dude's with us. Hey, I remember man. this. They stopped the bus. I got on, and Danny Ferry, who I was with when he was a player with the Cavs, so I knew him, and Danny and I busted chops, and he would rip on me because I'd shoot around, and I'd have shirts with no sleeves, and he'd come over and say, hey, man, put some sleeves on those scrawny little arms of yours. So we had a little bit of a relationship. But when I walked onto that bus mm. – had to stop that bus for me. You talk about all the eyes up front, you know. So it's it is it's it's different. It's certainly different. I've been left before. You have? I got left in Detroit one time. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Z Man knows the in feeling. Detroit they just... with the team going to another city, or in Detroit <laughs> the team with the coming team going... home. Wow. I got left in the uh, yeah. Why? Z Man knows that feeling he just described of running down the uh, running up the ramp and watching the bus leave you. Oh, and I would like to say I'm producing the you know I'm producing the broadcast, so I've got all the equipment, I've got my bag, I've got a ton of stuff. I'm like I'm like in the military, I'm like in the Marines. I'm dragging these bags up the ramp, and you guys know what those ramps are like. And you see the bus pulling away, 
And my thing was, if they go without me, so be it. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to complain about it. But when it's stopped and the doors open, then it's the walk of shame. You get to the top right by the driver and Danny Ferry's sitting there. And he's, and again, dare I say, we were kind of a little, kind of buddies a little bit. Man, he looked at me and I just melted. Oh, it was awful. You, you had to be hoping the bus wouldn't, a small party, you had to be hoping the bus wouldn't stop. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Because that walk of shame is rough. Yeah. If, if you screw up. You, on, if you do you, it once. Yeah. And you never do it again. If you screw up on the team bus, I remember one time I got off the plane. This is real early on. I got off the, off the plane, and I got on the players' bus. Now everybody, I don't know if people know this, but there's two buses. There's one for players, and there's one for people. And I got on the players' bus, and Hank Egan, assistant coach at the time, just leaned over and tapped me on the shoulder real quietly and said, Wrong bus. <laughs> I, I guess up, I guess that's why I they put us. And, <laughs> that's why they put a security person now in, the, in inside in front <laughs> right. of the bus. Joe G doesn't get on the wrong bus. <laughs> no, well, you just don't want to do that, man. You don't. You don't want to screw up on the team bus. Can you imagine when I started? They told me follow John Michael. Just do whatever he does. <laughs> awful advice. Just awful advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily when I did it, I had Joe Tate to take me through the ropes. It's. Be here at this time. Be there. Don't sit there. Don't stand there. Do that. And you know, Joe was my buddy, and I did. And I took no offense to him telling me what to do. And you and you got like I said, you guys know this. You get on the bus. You get on the plane. Wherever it is, you know where you're supposed to be and where you're not supposed to be. Right. Right. And it's best to just stay to that guideline, and you'll be all right. Yeah. I mean, NBA players. I'm sure G League players are the same. You're creatures of routine, man. We, you sit in the same exact seat, the same right. exact spot. That you do everything the same. But there's when always I get, when I get off the plane and somebody is sitting in my seat on the bus, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to kill them. See, I learned that from Andy. Okay, Andy Samvarijao used to sit on the seventh row behind the driver's side. Okay, and yeah, I exactly. Seven I, rows back, every right? Time. And I yeah. used to sit behind him. And I, I'm always on the early bus, regardless. Going there, coming back, I'm always on the early bus. So I kind of learned that from him. He was like, dude, you know, I always sit here. And then now George, one of the – one of the um, what, what's the proper title for? Uh, physical therapist. One of the physical yes. therapists. He always sits on the six. So he was George, Andy, and myself. And he used to be Zidrun Sogauskas would sit right behind Andy. That was his spot. Yeah, yeah. I pass that. Ilgauskas. So – but all the on the on the way to the arenas, it's always an early bus. It's never the same crowd on the buses like it is when we get to the airport, which is players' bus, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's always somebody sitting either on Andy or or George seat, and I'll be like, you know, you know, Andy sits there, or and sometimes people don't want to, you know, they're like oh, I'm sitting here. Yeah, so. but at the end, Andy would just if somebody was in he his just spot, shows up and could like <laughs> give them the look, <laughs> right, like with yep. a smile and be like, okay, move, <laughs> right. As only Andy can do. Yeah. yeah, my seat, I'm the fourth seat behind the driver. Okay. It's, it's funny. Even in the G League, everyone has the seat. And we have a, a liaison, a woman who is kind of the player development, kind of oversees everything. And she doesn't take all the bus trips. She takes all the flights. And so when she gets on the bus here and there, this, that, and the other, it's always you never know when she's going to show up. Hmm. And it certainly isn't anything personal. But she doesn't understand. Everybody's got seats, and when she takes somebody's seats, and <laughs> screws everybody up because <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Guys come up like Laurent, you're in my seat, and she's like, oh, they're like, no, get up, get out of my seat. And it's actually it's cringeworthy funny. 
you're uncomfortable, but it's still kind of funny because they're so adamant that they have to sit in the fifth seat on the opposite side of the driver. It's unbelievable. Cringeworthy, I think, describes Rafa's first trip on the road when Marvin, oh, who Marvin was trying to figure out. Marvin Cross was our head of security, and it was it literally was Rafa's first trip. First right? road trip, yeah. So Marvin's looking at the list. He's checking everybody off. That's what the security guy does. He checks the, oh, yeah. the bus, gets about halfway down, stops in his tracks, Looking at his list, furrows his brow, and he says, "Who the bleep is Hernandez?" You <laughs> didn't say that was it. Was a burrito? Hernandez burrito. <laughs> <laughs> and Rafa just sheepishly slowly. Like, what did I do? <laughs> I'm Hernandez burrito. <laughs> Marvin just Marvin. shook his head and kept walking. Said, All right. Marvin was the nicest guy, but he was an old school. Yeah. Uh, I think he was a sergeant or something with yeah. the Cleveland police. And when it was business, man, you didn't want to cross him for sure. For sure. Yeah. We have you here, Z-Man. I, uh, you know, we're talking about showing, showing people the ropes in this business. And I always have to go back to my first game ever when I first started with the Cavs. Z-Man had already been here a few years. And this is my first, uh, LeBron's first year. First home game, uh, I think, we lost. I don't know if it was preseason, but it, either way, it was a, the first home game we lost here. And I went in the locker room after, and I walked around, and guys, you know, I mean, again, now we've been in the locker room hundreds of times. But I went in the locker room, guys are kind of laughing and eating, you know, fruit and talking and, you know, getting dressed and everything. <laughs> and I couldn't imagine, again, I'm, st I'm still a fan, I couldn't imagine why they weren't angrier. <laughs> this is the first game of the year. And I walked in there, and I'm, I came out of the locker room. I'm so mad. Those guys are in there eating fruit and laughing and joking around. I, I Like, again, I'm still in fan mode. I'm like, it's a loss. How could you be so happy? And Z-Man pulled me aside and said, hey, dude, if you're going to get this mad after every game, <laughs> you're going to last about a week. It's a long season. Calm down. You're not a fan anymore. I think he told me the Joe Tate thing. Your name's not in the box score. Exactly. Just yeah. relax. But I just always remember that first game, how livid I was that the guys weren't as livid as I was that the Cavs lost. Since then, I've learned my lesson. That happened to me as a fan. I, I told you these many stories, and I know you've been, John, when we talked with Sandy Aloman, that I always tell him, him and my father are the only two adults that have made me cry. <laughs> we had driven to Jacobs Field to here to Cleveland to watch the, the playoff game in 97. 97, I was there. And it was like eight of us in one hotel room right by the by the gas station across from the, from the stadium. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously... Only two people. More people have walked in the moon that had scored against Mariano Rivera uh, in the playoff. And only two had hit it out of the park. And the first one was Sandy Alomar, right? And he tied that game. And then the, Yank the Yankees lost the game and lost the series everything else. So I'm back in the room. I'm hungry. I'm, st I'm starving. And I'm bummed out. Not crying, but I'm really bummed out that we lost to the Indians. And I said, you know what? Let me go out and find something to eat. So I walked somehow. I ended up at Morton's. And it was, by the way, it was like we had won the championship that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. night. It was but, insane yeah. on the streets. I night. found myself in Morton's, and I walk in there, and it's Mariano Rivera, who just gave up the homer, Paul O'Neill, who was thrown out on second, <laughs> and, and and Cone, who has started the game. I thought it was, it was like all of them with a table full of empty bottles of wine and beer and laughing. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Why am I so bummed out? <laughs> right. This guy just lost the game. 
and they're all like enjoying themselves. So that was my lesson, and not to take it seriously. But <laughs> right. I, they still, the losses still bother me. <laughs> well, Joe G, like you said, to be honest, I can't take credit for it because I did the same thing with Joe Tate for the first two or three years. I'm living and dying with every game, and he goes, Z-Man, if you're going to continue to act this way, you can stop coming and complaining to me because you'll never make it to the next season. And he, he was right. It doesn't minimize that you want them to win or that you can't be disappointed when they lose. You just can't live and die with it. It's yeah. just, there's too many that keep coming at you day after day. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, and I think uh, people expect, you know, on, from the outside, you do. You expect them to be like you are, living and dying with it, but you just can't live. Like, you, you can't. You have to treat it. I hate to say it, you have to treat it like a job at some point. All right, so let's talk about some fun stuff. Okay. Uh, forget about the losses, because I don't care how, what you guys say or Jote says. They <laughs> suck, and they hurt. And I take them the same way I take them now. Like they I hurt. took them 20 years ago when I started this. So, But are you really a movie star, Z-Man? No. Is that true you were a Moonstruck? I'm a full-fledged you know, <laughs> media, you know, film actor, but I'm not a star. You get paid... You got. I do get paid. You do get paid. Go ahead. You, he gets. He gets his email because John Michael a couple weeks ago told us about how they filmed the movie Rudy while he was on campus, and some of his buddies oh. got to wear uh, fake sideburns and sit around him, which sounds really cool. And I wish Jay, I wish J Mike had done that now, so we could go back and watch. I did not. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> Z Man has been. He has a speaking line in a in a movie. Please tell the fans uh, that story because I think it's a cool story. Well. From the beginning, at the very beginning, I you can see in the first five minutes of the first Avengers movie, the side of my head goes across the screen. That was my major film debut. <laughs> you can see if you meet, you can see me for about three seconds at the draft party in the movie Draft Day. When 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 Kevin Costner's walking back off away from the bar at the party, you can see me in the background. So those were my debuts. I. When they shot Captain America, the Winter Soldier here in Cleveland, they send out looking for extras. And I went just to be an extra. You just go and you put your name in. They give them a picture. You fill out information and they say, we will call you if we need you and where we're going to put you and all that sort of stuff. So I went just like the first two, expecting to just be standing in the background. So I went in, fill out my paperwork. They called me. I was actually at work. And I got a phone call from this girl and she goes, you know, it's so-and-so from, from Marvel. Um, wondering if you would like to come down and aud audition for a part for Captain America. And I'm just like, wait, what? That's okay. And I went in and I guess there were like five or seven other guys that came in that, that auditioned for the role of Sergeant Duffy. And for those people watching today that saw the original Captain America, when he was still, before he was Captain America, little skinny Steve Rogers running around and like at the flagpole when they're trying to get the flag down, uh, that's Sergeant Duffy. <clears throat> well, because they shot them here in Cleveland, they didn't bring that actor in. They needed someone to fill that spot. <laughs> well, I get a call, like a, the girl says to me after I went for the audition, and it was it was funny, the audition, they just put me in an office in front of a couple of cameras and they back and forth, you know, like you're a drill sergeant and doing what you think a drill sergeant would do. So I kind of went back and forth, and I've, I'm doing this, my hands behind my back, and <laughs> come on, guys, and all this, right? It's nothing. It's nothing. So they're like, thanks for coming down. If we if we want you to do the part, we'll let you know. If, and if you don't get it, you'll still be an extra. I said, I don't care, whatever. I get a call like three days later. 
we'd like to offer you the part of Sergeant Tuff. <laughs> what in the world is going on? So that's the beginning of how I actually got it. I could talk for the next two hours. But, you know, they took myself and 12 young men that they used as soldiers. Again, for those people familiar with Captain America, the Winter Soldier, it's the flashback scene where Steve Rogers goes to his old army base and he kind of sees himself when he's still skinny Steve Rogers. And that's the scene where I do my sergeant running around yelling at the soldiers and stuff. And we shot that from about 10 p.m. till about 2 or 3 a.m. Shot my scene about 30 times. And they just kept changing the camera angles. And at one point, I'm standing there. And this and is, Z-Man, if you don't mind, where, where is this at? Where are you filming this? Um, it's down, it was down in uh, Streetsboro. I can't remember the name of the, um, the, the old army base okay. that they actually had down there, barracks and everything. And at one point, because all they said was just do that barking like a drill sergeant would do. And then at one point, we're standing around, and the directors, Joe and Anthony Russo, who are here, are from Cleveland, they both walk over to me. The directors, they walk up to me, and they're like, hi, what's your name? I'm like, you know, my knees are shaking. Scott Zarilla, hey, we're Anthony, I'm Joe, and I'm Anthony Russo. I'm going, I-, I know what's going on in my world right now. And they're like, we want you to do a couple of lines now. So they gave me, like, I don't even know what the lines were. Simple little things, right? Go back to my to my mark where I start my scene and first time and ready and action and I start walking and I start to, and I just blew the line. <laughs> I was that guy. Um, but it was I mean I could just tell you stories forever. It was just now, it was crazy. I was three, four feet away from Chris Evans here and Scarlett Johansson right there. And Chris Evans, I almost tripped Chris Evans and blew the whole shoot because I was standing here and after the, the, the shot was, or the scene was shot, you know, you kind of just relax and go back. Well, he sprinted off because if you guys know who Minka Kelly is, really pretty, pretty actress, they were dating at the time. He would run off the set to this SUV to go through his lines and hang out with her. Well, he took off and I just took a step and he, we, we missed slamming each other by about two steps but um, it was it's it's fantastic. Coolest thing I've ever done in my life. I'll say that. The important question is: Were you a person that watches that kind of movies? The, you know, the Captain oh, yeah. America, Thor. Oh, I've been a, I've been See, a superhero movie, I, I uh, superhero guy my whole you're life. Not a, oh, yeah. You're not a superhero guy. I'm not. No, not at all. I'm a real dude. I've seen. You know, that. the great thing is Rafa too is the fact that you talk about nerding out. Captain America has always been my favorite superhero. And so for the sense that, that I actually got to be in a movie of his and there's Captain America standing in front of me, mm-hmm. you know, I can, I sound like a, like an eight year old, but I always, was, I always wanted to be the dude in the, in the naked gun that says, Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. You know, <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking my language. Yeah. Now I'm like, Oh, I know that movie. Yeah. 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 yeah that's well, it's funny it because I know I've been talking a lot, but John, you haven't said a word cause you're probably like, Wait, who's who's Captain America? I, um, <laughs> I, I, right. I don't know anything sure. about any of that. Neither. Not a thing. <laughs> Z man, right. I got it. so without asking the actual amount, how does the pay work? You get a you get a check every, oh, every two or three times a year. Two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. So two or three times a year, you get a check in the mail. I get 
I get one from um, like domestic residual check two or three times a year. Right now, it's about $23, $25. And then <laughs> once awesome. a year, I get an international for about 20 bucks. So every year, because <laughs> I shot that in, I shot that in about 2014, I think is the year we, we, that was the movie came out. And I've made about $2,000 from that movie. That's pretty sweet. That's oh, nice. pretty good. Yeah, that's not $675 just to, to, to play the part. Then they gave me the how much an extra makes per rate, which is like $10 an hour, and then you get time and a half over it's like six hours. And I was there like 10. And then, like I said, my first couple of residual checks were like $500, $400. And they, they've scaled down, but I, I probably made about two grand, two, 2200 that's that's pretty tasty pretty good. and i've seen your performance i mean other than full metal jacket you might be the second best drill instructor <laughs> i've ever seen i mean you'll never top uh arlie no. or, I mean, never uh no one no. ever will but you i thought i thought your drill sergeant was second best to that i appreciate so. that i appreciate it See, man, in case anyone who's listening or, or, or watching is wondering scarlett johansson is as good looking mm-hmm. in person as she is in movies. That I believe. Yeah, that About that that was four feet away from her when she walked by the uh, uh, the trailers for all the employees and the actors and everything. Um, she walked by with her dog, and she is as good looking in person as she is in movies. Z man, can you stick around for the next segment? We're just gonna take a look at the Cavaliers week ahead. We'll hey, we'll even uh, take a look at the charge because I know your first game, your first televised game is coming up. Can you stick around for a couple minutes? I'm just hey man, I'm just doing laundry so. <laughs> Okay, we'll be right back with Z-Man. We're going to take a look ahead at the next week's slate of games after the Cavs get back from this road trip. And we'll be right back on Wine and Gold Radio. Wine and Gold Radio. There's more of this. Let me get that taste. Woo! Let me get that taste. After this on Wine and Gold Radio. Designed from the land, for the land, the team shop has introduced a new in-house apparel line called the Land Collective. The first series is inspired by the 2020 NBA Draft. Each series will focus on a specific theme and feature exclusive pieces that will only be available while supplies last. Get these new looks from the team shop today only at Cavs.com slash shop. For more style inspiration and to be the first to know about upcoming collections, follow at Land Collective on Instagram. Hey everybody, I'm Jeff Phelps from Fox Sports Ohio. When I'm looking for the absolute best, most in-depth Cavalier content, I don't listen to Wine and Gold Radio. To wine and gold radio. To Dengadel out front, straight away, 20-footer for the win. He got it! He got it! All right, everybody, back for the final segment of Wine and Gold Radio. We're joined by our special guest, Scott Zarilla, voice of the Canton Charge. Tomorrow night, Sunday night, I should say, tune in for a double, basically a double header. Tomorrow night is the first charge, uh, the first televised charge game on Fox Sports. Z-Man will have all the action, take on the Oklahoma City Blue, I believe, at 7 o'clock, correct? That's correct. Yep, the G League affiliate of the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're all, again, the games are being played in Orlando. All in Orlando, yes, in the bubble. Nice. Windbill tomorrow. That's going to be, that's fun stuff. I mean, again, the, the G League, as you guys mentioned, all in Orlando. We get 
you know, right on Fox Sports Ohio, you get a look at the Cavs NBA G League affiliate right under the Cavs game against the Clippers. We, we're excited about it, Scott. I mean, we've been pumping it on Cavs broadcasts on Fox Sports Ohio. So I think it's a great opportunity not only to get the charge out there, but for everybody involved with the organization. Great stuff. And again, get to enjoy it a little bit outside of Canton as well. So uh, we're certainly excited on our end uh, to get to kick it off here with this uh, this doubleheader coming up tomorrow. Just don't be like that. I appreciate weekend. it. And I know that everybody within the charge organization, Mike Ostrowski, Dave Dombrowski, everybody that's worked so hard in putting this together, um, sincerely and really are excited. I'm excited myself. It's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, like I said, basketball doubleheader. And it's funny because without getting too deep into it, G League basketball, a little faster than the NBA. I mean, there's stretches, of course, but because Dave Dombrowski even said to me, our vice president of broadcasting, he says, man, I haven't watched many G League games in, in, you know, lately, and they're really fast. And I said, they are really fast. So, and they're fun. There's a lot of fun. There's some yeah. good there's some good players. And um, it's worth tuning in, giving a look. It'll be the first of 12 on Fox Sports Ohio. Just don't be like the weekend and get blinded by the lights. I know you're going to be televised <laughs> now. So, you know, it's like I won't going be. back to our- I'll tell you what. I will dance and I will sing if necessary. I'm not going to be walking aimlessly in a wall of lights. Here's a real question for you, Scotty. Where, where are you physically going to be? We call the road games, of course, from Fox Sports Ohio Studios in downtown. You physically will be where? What's that going to look like? Are they going to? Are you going to be on cam prior to the game? How's that all going to play out? I will not be, John, because tips in the G League are thirty are twos and thirty twos. So basically, we come on top or bottom of the hour. Right. And I- two minutes to get going so there's no time to put my face on camera and nobody wants to see that anyway um but where i come from our engineer director of engineering joe fritchen and his staff they have put this elaborate broadcast center up in the fred mcleod uh tv workroom inside rocket mortgage Fieldhouse. so all of my uh, all the games are broadcast from there awesome and then okay so after that the, the second half of the doubleheader is Cavs at clippers so Again, the rough roadie rolls on. Two more tough ones before they come home. You know, but the, the, going back to what Zeman said about watching Lamar Stevens, I think he had an, an excellent game against the Clippers when they were here at the, at the field house. So it takes one to get off the schneid. So, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's definitely tough competition coming up, you know, with the – the Clippers, the Warriors, the Spurs, when they come home right after that road trip. So, yeah. But, hey, that's what you need to, to get going, no? <laughs> well, I think JB said it best. You know, he said it's a, it's no time right now when you're in the midst of a road trip with these kind of opponents, five games, you know, in nine days, to be trying to find your way offensively. <laughs> and that's where this team is right now, you know. And we, we've seen the lineup changes. We've seen the injuries, you know. And, again, we're talking about a Cavs team that's without its top two power forwards right now so you know jb has the lab coat on he's been mixing and matching not only in the starting lineup but in terms of rotations so to putting all those things together and then by the way running into teams in difficult places to play such as denver such as portland upcoming and now la and golden state it's a recipe where you're you can take some lumps uh and hopefully they pick up uh they can pick up a win or two here uh closing up this uh closing up this road trip but you know rough sledding and to be anticipated rough sledding heading into this trip. You know, John, and real quick, if I can jump in part, part of on top of that is part of the problem becomes it's easy to kind of let your shoulders sink and your head drop a little bit when you start getting 
by some teams as good as they're seeing on this trip. And there's no shame in losing to Denver's and Portland's and teams like that. But it's, it's, it's no time to drop your head and lose your confidence because when you do, as that trip continues, it's only going to get worse. You've got to somehow keep your head up and stay positive. And the great thing is about this Cavs team is they do play hard. They, they compete. And you, as long as you do that, you will give yourself a chance. And that's what they've got to continue to do. Because as soon as you stop doing what you do in some respects, which is best, then it's really going to get away from you. And it'll, it'll, it'll play into when they come home as well. It gets hard to stop when things start to snowball like they can. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier when we talked about uh, even the Joe Tate thing. The schedule is relentless. So you can either, again, you can either fold or – It ain't stopping it, even when the road trip ends. Right, I mean, <laughs> exactly. It's not like it gets easier or it stops or it lets up. The The opposite side of that is you can, wipe, you can wipe a bad loss out of your mouth the very next night. You can get right back on it and turn things around the very next night. But like you guys are saying, you can't let it snowball on you right now. Winning even makes you funny. The yeah, jokes are funny. <laughs> Everything, <laughs> right. Everything tastes better. I mean, really, it, it really does. So the Cavs, again, they close out. I'm kind of sad we're not making that trip to say, what, the Chase Center? Is it Chase Arena? Yes, the Chase, Chase Center. Center. Yeah. I'm kind of sad. It would have been nice to see that. I heard it's a beautiful place, obviously. We'll get to see it. Yeah, eventually. Hey, Rafa. Yes. Real quick, Rafa, to your point about uh, every food tastes better, Tyrone Hill told me have I ever heard it? He said, the food tastes better. The sky is bluer. He said, the flowers are brighter. And your girlfriend is prettier. <laughs> I, just Jesus. I hope she's not listening. Well, I that mean, explains it. That, 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 so tomorrow, my wife doesn't listen to the show anyway. So, so that joke. Sunday is Valentine's Day, so that'd be good. I mean, it'd be good to get a nice charge win, a nice Cavs win. Everybody's wives and girlfriends would be way prettier for uh, Valentine's Day. And yeah, we hate Valentine's at home. We do? Yeah, we don't do Valentine's. Okay, well. I don't do any whole my holiday <laughs> stuff. You're so surly. Uh, <laughs> that is episode six for Wine and Gold Radio in the books. How, how do we do this time, Ralph? Great us. We did great because we had a movie star on. <laughs> That's right. We are the level of guests is rising every week. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk boxing with. with oh, with that's right. We had, we oh, had man. Yeah, episode. we didn't. We'll do another episode. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we'll have to have Z-Man on to talk a little boxing. I wanted to thank Z-Man, our special guest, Scott Zarilla, for joining us. Thank you again, Z-Man. Wonderful having you on. Appreciate you guys finally bringing me on. I mean, I'm on episode six. I saw who was on episodes one through five, and, you know, okay, okay. <laughs> A lot of fun, guys. Thanks. We have to thank the Golden Boy, Matt Gold, first of all. we got to thank Joe Cayone, Joe C., Joe Fritchin, Peter Berman, Casey Coolest, coolest name in uh, broadcasting, yeah. would you say? Brandon Jerosek, thank you for everything you do. Benny Redmond, who I didn't thank last week because Benny actually sang part of the birthday song for you. So thanks oh, to okay. Benny. And we couldn't do it without DMAC. DMAC, again, you guys know it. He, he's the guy that makes the world go around. <laughs> of course, you have to thank the dynamic duo of Dirty Kurt and the one and only. Big the Daddy. one and only Big Daddy, Marty Allen. Let's go, Big Daddy. Well, we'll see you next week. And as always, good night, Freddie Mac, wherever you are. Fires leaning. The Warriors! 
listening to Wine and Gold Radio. Cleveland. Hey! Knocked it down! Ohio. You know what I'm talking about. Oh. America. Oh! <laughs> 